Well, hello there, grown-ups. Did you know that we depend on your generosity and support to keep making Bust or Trust? If you subscribe and support Bust or Trust on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, you'll get access to lots of lovely extras like weekly subscriber bonus episodes with extra evidence, ad-free listening and early access to all our episodes. More to come soon. To support Bust or Trust, just click subscribe in Apple Podcasts or visit patreon.com forward slash Bust or Trust podcast. Or for more information, visit our website at bustortrust.com. Can you unravel the world's greatest mysteries? Can you explain the unexplained and find the pieces to the most puzzling cases? Or are you a UFO that just wants to find out more about itself? UFOs don't exist in them. Or do they? Are you a myth buster? Or a myth truster? I'm Tiernan. And I'm Athena. Welcome to Bust or Trust. A kids mystery podcast. And we are the Busters or Trusters. We'll be looking into some very strange stories from around the world and no mystery is too big for us. Monsters, ghosts and all kinds of unusual sightings. You know, like that time you saw your teacher in the supermarket. Oh my goodness, teachers eat food? Weird. Weird. We will deep dive into all the evidence we can find and present the case with all the facts, figures and testimonies. Then it's all up to you, the listener, as you are our chief detective. Your job will be to work out what it all means and make up your own mind if our mystery is an unexplained phenomenon or a ridiculous carry-on. The question is, are you a mythbuster like me? Because you know, there's always more to the case than meets the eye. Or are you a myth-truster like me? Because the truth is out there. No, no, that's the garden. Or is it? We'll tell you at the end of the show just how to get in touch and you can let us know if you're on Team Buster or, the best one, Team Truster. But until then, make sure you take notes, pay attention to all the information and start putting together your case. The Case Right, Athena, what's our very first myth for our chief detectives to bust or trust? It's a good one. Our very first case on Bust or Trust is The Legend of Bigfoot. Ah, oh, exciting! Bigfoot is the infamous huge ape-like creature who's said to stalk the wilderness of the USA. Ah, oh, what was that? Oh, sorry, I think I'm just hungry. Oh, you should really get something to eat. Athena, you are the fact champion. Do you have any facts to share with us about the USA? I sure do. The United States of America is a large country in the continent of North America with a pretty large population, 332 million inhabitants to be precise. However, despite all those people, there are some pretty big areas of wilderness. Wilderness means areas that don't have many people living in them. That includes large forests and mountains. So, the perfect place for Bigfoot to hide. Mm, Well, anyway, the US, as it's also known, is famous for the city of New York, producing big movies in Hollywood and being the home of the cheeseburger. Thanks, Athena. Just thinking about the cheeseburgers making my stomach rumble too. But back to the case. Indeed. When there have been sightings of the Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, as they are also known. They've been described as a creature that walks upright like a person, but is much, much bigger than 
any human you've ever known. What, any human? What, e- even a basketball player? Yet much taller, they're reckoned to be up to two and a half metres tall or up to eight and a half feet high. Wow, that is like a grown-up carrying a toddler on their shoulders and then the toddler is wearing a really big hat. Exactly. Bigfoot is really, really tall. Even before they found out they were called Bigfoot? Oh, uh, no, they're not called Bigfoot. That's what people call them. Oh, right. So their name could be something completely different, like uh, Big Steve. Probably not Steve, but yes, I guess maybe. And that's even if they exist. Oh, sure. I mean, they probably do, though, right? Well, even before they called this creature Bigfoot, there have long been stories about strange, tall creatures in the North American woods. And Native American tribes have many legends about wild or very hairy people amongst the trees. It is very tricky to brush your hair whilst you're camping, though. Yeah, that is true. The word Sasquatch is believed to be the English way of saying a Salish word. That means the old language spoken by some Native American tribes. And that word was Sasquets, which means wild man or hairy man. What is interesting, though, is that it wasn't until 1958 that the name Bigfoot became popular, when a newspaper article reported on some giant footprints found in Northern California. The journalist at the Humboldt Times who'd written the story said the locals who worked in the woods had seen these prints and called the creature Bigfoot. Oh, was that you again? Nope. Curious. Anyway. Since the article, the name stuck and Bigfoot is now an American legend. Lots of people claim to have seen one of them and there have been countless reports and so, so many TV shows dedicated to finding one and catching them on camera. A large number of people have made it their life mission to find definitive proof that Bigfoot exists. But there has already been some really exciting evidence. We found loads of newspaper articles, video and audio recordings that all give possible proof that Bigfoot, or Big Steve, is real. I'm not so sure about that. But then it's not up to us, it's up to you, our chief detective. And to make things easier, we've chosen the top three bits of evidence to analyse together. Then you, the listener, will have to draw the final conclusions and let us know if you're a mythbuster or myth truster. First piece of evidence. What's the first bit of evidence, Athena? First up, we have a story from 1924. This report is from the local paper from Oregon. Marlon Smith and his friends encountered the fabled mountain gorillas of Mount St. Helens this week, shooting one of them and being attacked throughout the night. The men declared that they saw four of the huge animals, which were about eight feet tall, walked upright, but none of the animals have ever been seen before. Wow, I had no idea you were alive in 1924. You look great considering. No, silly. I was just reading it out. Oh, well, you did a great job. I really felt like I was right there. That sounds like pretty definitive evidence to me, yeah? I mean, there were five named witnesses who all agree they saw what they thought was a mountain gorilla. What more do you need to be convinced that Bigfoot is real? Lots of witnesses do usually make it more likely that it's true. I agree. And what's really interesting is that local Native Americans of the Cowlitz tribe told the reporters that their elders had spoken of peculiar creatures that sounded very similar to the mountain gorillas. The paper says... They are between 9 and 10 feet tall, correspondingly large in stature, and their bodies covered with long hair. They were never seen, travelling only at night. Well, that's got to be what they saw then, hasn't it? Mm, I'm not convinced. Oh, surprise, surprise. 
Well, hear me out. No evidence for their story was ever found. The men said they shot and killed one of the creatures, but local rangers looking for the body could not find one. So there was no physical proof that Bigfoot had been there at all. And these Bigfoots, they appear to get taller and taller every time someone mentions them. But why would you make up something like that? People have made up hoaxes about all sorts of things and for all sorts of reasons. For money, attention, fame and sometimes just for fun too. I don't know. I mean, what did these witnesses get from the story, though? One line in the Oregon paper in 1924. That's not A-list status, is it? Second piece of evidence. OK, let's move on to the next piece of evidence, which has been hotly contested over the years. But if this is real, then it is possibly the most compelling evidence of all. Let's have a quick watch of it, Tiernan. Sorry, Chief Detectives, you'll have to make do with our reactions for this one. It's a video. Ah, oh, yeah, this is my absolute favourite bit of the video. You can actually see a Bigfoot right there in the footage. It's just walking around as happy as Larry, or maybe Steve. Allegedly. Sorry, pardon? You allegedly see a Bigfoot walking around. Right, Athena, what do you mean allegedly? Allegedly means that it's not been proven. It's not definitely a Bigfoot. And many experts who've examined this film claim it's a hoax. Yeah, OK, but it's not been completely debunked either. If it was a hoax, how come no one has yet worked out how they did it? They didn't have CGI back then. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. So let's slow down, introduce the evidence and let our chief detectives do the work. Are you ready, listeners? I've got this. In 1967, 55 years ago, two men, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin, were riding alongside Bluff Creek in Northern California. When they rounded a corner and saw a figure standing on the other bank, which they described as a tall, hairy ape-like creature around six foot six inches tall, so like a grown-up with a toddler on their shoulders, but this time no big hat, and with dark reddish-brown or black hair. Now, Patterson had a camera on him, so he jumped off his horse to film the creature, but it had started to walk away. So, Patterson had to run to keep up, and that's why the beginning of the film is really shaky. Yeah, that makes sense. That's how it looks if I try to film things too. Once Patterson got close enough, you can clearly see on the footage what looks like a big gorilla person walking towards the trees. The Bigfoot looks back over her shoulder. The two men were very certain it was a female Bigfoot, a big Stephanie, if you like. And that's where the most famous still from the film comes from. The whole video is only one minute long in total. And then Bigfoot disappears into the woods. They tried to track her, but of course they lost the trail. How convenient. Yeah, you say that because you always say that. But what makes this film so interesting is no one has been able to prove that it isn't real yet. Many special effects experts at the time publicly said it would be impossible to make such a convincing ape suit with the costumes they had in the 60s when this film was made. On the other hand, most scientists who've looked at this evidence argue there isn't enough proof that it is real. There was nothing left to analyse, like hair or poo. Well, that's probably a good thing, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't want to step in a Bigfoot poo. Uh, you would if you were trying to find Bigfoot. A zoologist called Bernard Hovelmans reckoned the creature must be someone in a suit because the fur was too neat and tidy for an animal. 
And it was also too calm, considering it was being chased by two men on horses. Most animals would run away, not saunter casually into the woods. Yeah, but maybe she was on her way back from a spa day. That could explain the neat hair and relaxed attitude. Bigfoots probably need big pedicures, right? Anyway, if the scientists want something to analyse, they should check out our final piece of evidence. Chief Detectives, we have, oh this is so exciting, a cast of a Bigfoot's Bigfoot. Third piece of evidence. A cast made of what is supposedly a Bigfoot's Bigfoot, yes. Always the cynic. Okay, explain this then. In 2000, an imprint of what looked like a large human laying on its side was discovered in the mud near Mount Adams in Washington State during a Bigfoot Field Researchers Organisation, or BFRO, expedition. The researchers were filming in the area for a TV series called Animal X. Exactly. I can't help thinking that means they're a little bit biased. Biased? Yes, they were always going to be a myth truster. Think about it. They're a group of people who wanted to find evidence for Bigfoot for their TV series. And they are Bigfoot researchers and suddenly they come across what could be proof of Bigfoot. Hmm. Yeah, or maybe, right, it means they know what to look for so they're more likely to find it as they've done all of their research. In fact, the muddy print was only there because they lured the Bigfoot out by leaving fruit there overnight. The next morning, they found the imprint and used plaster to make a cast of it. Several scientists who have studied the car say the imprint was very likely made by an elk. That's a deer-like animal, and it's really common in the forests of North America. But there were also several other scientists who are convinced it was made by Bigfoot. OK, was there any other evidence like hair or poo? You are obsessed with Bigfoot poo, Athena. No, there wasn't any poo. But, you know, after all that fruit, there might be very soon. Mm. How do you think Bigfoot feels with everyone poking around, always trying to find its hair and its poo? I'd avoid the limelight and photographers too if all these pesky people just kept bothering me as well. Maybe Bigfoot doesn't want to be found. Dear Diary, another beautiful day on the mountain. I waved to some elk, I lay on my side to eat some berries, and I had a good old stomp around before coming home. Lots of very fresh air and a relaxing poop that I got rid of. As you never know, there are some strange creatures out there. Got back and combed my hair, which takes ages as it's everywhere, but it's important to look presentable. Tried teaching the baby how to roar, but she was more interested in chewing her toes. Well, I suppose she does have very big feet, like her mom and her dad, of course. Looking forward to more of the same tomorrow. Dear Diary, a very strange thing happened today. It was a group outing, so I was out and about with Steve, Stephanie, and my brother, Stephen. We were having a lovely time stomping, berry-eating, and saying hello to elks when I thought I saw something down by the river. It was like a, hmm, I'm not really sure how to describe it, a sort of hairless ape. They had really little feet. I'd never seen anything like it before. I moved closer to get a better look and saw there were quite a few of them. They were shaking things round in the river, trying to get rid of their poop, I suppose. I didn't want to disturb them, but one of them noticed me. I did a friendly wave, but it ran around in circles, shrieking and pointing, which seemed a bit silly. A larger one picked up a funny-looking stick, and it let out a loud bang. 
Stephen, Everett the Clown, pretended he was hit, did a very funny eye noise, and then a classic pratfall right onto his behind. The little feet didn't appreciate it, though, as by the time we'd stopped laughing, they'd gone. Very strange. Went home, combed my hair, did the washing up, and tried to teach the baby to eat berries, but she just threw them at me, so I had to comb my hair again before bed. Dear diary, well, there goes the neighbourhood. The little feet were back again today, being all noisy. They didn't seem very friendly, but more angry-like. I thought it best to leave them to it. Went home to have my poop, hid it, did the washing up, combed all my hair and tried to teach the baby how to do a pretend fall like Uncle Stephen, but I just ended up banging my head. I might not go out for a few days and hope the little feet get the message that I don't fancy hanging out. Luckily it'll be winter soon, so hopefully I'll be back to peace, quiet and relaxing poops once again. Wow, big if true! Um, it's not true. That was a sketch. So we can't use it as evidence? No. Well, you know, it does give us something to think about. Sure it does. Now let's get back on track. Pay attention, Chief Detectives. It's time to recap the evidence. Evidence Recap. Our first piece of evidence was the encounter from 1924, where several men working in the woods told a newspaper reporter that they'd been attacked by several Bigfoot. Big feet? Bigfoot. There was a fight and one of the Bigfoot were even shot. However, when rangers went to investigate, they found no evidence and no body of a Bigfoot was found. Our second piece of evidence. In 1967, two men filmed a video of a Bigfoot walking by a stream. No one was able to prove that it wasn't real. Yes, but no one was able to prove it was real either. Uh, OK, the final piece of evidence. The imprint of a Bigfoot lying on its side was found in 2000. The researchers took a cast of the imprint and upon analysis, several scientists were convinced it was left by a large ape. But several other scientists also believed it was made by an elk and no agreement was ever reached. So now we're handing it over to you, Chief Detectives. What do you think? Are you a Bigfoot mythbuster? Or a Bigfoot myth truster? We want to hear from you and what you think and which side you're on. Send us your voice notes with an explanation of why you're a mythbuster or myth truster when it comes to Bigfoot. All you have to do is ask your grown-ups, preferably not while they have a toddler on their shoulder to see if they're the size of a Bigfoot, and you ask them to help you email us your voice notes to hello at bustortrust.com. Tell us your name, age, what you think all the evidence means, and please, please make sure your grown-ups give us permission to use your voice notes in our next episode. And as much as we'd love to, we won't always be able to use all of them. We can't find out the truth without your help. And most importantly of all, who's right? Me, it's definitely me. Or Athena, probably not Athena. It's always me, and it's definitely me. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for more Bust or Trust. Oh, you should really get something to eat. On it. <laughs>